Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Some ways, somehow, the Vikings beat the Colts 39-36 in overtime. They clinch the NFC North. More on that in a bit. But as scheduled as always, let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. Steve Carney Outdoors.com. Steve-O, how you been? Um, I'm in a really good mood, Steve. That was really quite a game today. <laughs> to say the least, I don't think I've ever seen one quite like that. The, the the Vikings looked as bad as they've ever looked, falling behind 33-0 and end up coming back to beat the Colts in overtime 39-36. By the way, gentlemen, yeah. before, you move, before you move on, just a note on that. This was the largest comeback in NFL history. Yeah, so so there's that. I gave up ice fishing this afternoon just to stick it out, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, and I'm sure there were a lot of tempted at the half that said, to hell with this, I'm going to go catch fish, or I'm going to go fold laundry, or I'm going to sort my sock drawer, um, only to come back. And I, I saw a number of tweets, etc. I, I got a couple of texts from people that said, I completely gave up and just checked on it, and then all of a sudden, uh, we got a ball game late. Re- really something else. Hey, Steve, uh, quick update on the outdoors. Uh, the snow certainly doesn't help ice conditions, does it? Well, you know, we got slush issues now, Steve, and that just started about three, four days ago. And I, I thought we might be able to escape that. But, you know, we had a few days in the 30s, and we started getting water on top of the ice under the snow and the ice conditions have really changed in the last three, four days. Now you got slush almost on every lake. And, I, you know, the good news, it's going to get cold. It's going to be below zero for highs this next week, and that will heal all that up eventually. But right now it's kind of a slushy mess, and that just kind of started, so it's kind of a bummer. But, um, you know, with the cold temperatures coming up, it'll heal almost everything and I think we'll be fine. But, you know, we got a good 12, 13 inches of snow on the ice right now, so it's really limiting, you know, travel for a lot of people. Four-wheelers are still barely making it, um, and once this ice, you know, heals up and the slush heals up, it'll be a snowmobile affair pretty much. But, you know, it's kind of like last year. It's kind of the same thing. We had that slush early and a lot of snow, and we're sort of doing the same thing. I mean, it's snowed every day up in Lakes Country here, for the last five days so it's been uh kind of inclement but you know it'll get better once you get through this cold snap yeah same deal down here in the cities i'm 
tired of shoveling snow. I got one more round to clean up, and then it looks like it'll be done until Monday night when we expect a little more snow in here. Uh, Hey, Steve, I know you travel light when you're out on the ice. There's no doubt that you generally want to be able to move around, etc., but but you do you do bring along electronics and you got some tips on the proper way to use your electronics if you're going to bring those out on the ice. Yeah, you know electronics are very important in the winter, and uh, I'm a Vexilar guy. I always have been. That's kind of my go-to unit. And you know, a lot of people ask me what should I spend. You know, you can go anywhere from two hundred and fifty dollars to eight hundred. And, you know, the more money you spend, the more bells and whistles on there. But you don't necessarily need the top of the line. You know, a lot of these electronics basically do the same thing. It's just drop your transducer down, and it's a sonar operation, and they all basically read the same. But as you spend more money, you know, you get up into Zoom issues, and you can go to uh, um, all kinds of um um, interference, rejection. I mean, there's so many different things, but you can really get by with a $300 basic unit, read the book, and you'll be fine. And, you know, transducers also vary. That's the eyes under the ice. And sometimes they're 9 degrees, sometimes they're 19, sometimes they're 22, which is really not a really big deal because here in Minnesota, we're fishing in water basically under 20 feet. So just about any transducer is fine. Um, so yeah, it's all about the basics and, you know, I'm traveling late, uh, especially with the heavy snow. I mean, it's really tough, you know, with hard houses right now, people just can't get ice castles out or, you know, do anything. It's just, you know, we're in this holding pattern right now. So right now it's portables. Make sure you put a cover on it because you're going to be pulling all kinds of snow with you and, you know, traveling as light as you can, keep your augers down to electric and stay away from the gas augers, stay away from the weight, and just go as light as you can because that's really the key right now. And if we get more snow, it's going to be even a bigger deal. Steve Carney joining us, Steve Carney Outdoors. So, Steve, after that big Viking victory, are you headed out there tonight? Are you going to lay low and try it tomorrow? I'm laying low, Steve. I may have to lay low for a couple of days because it looks like, you know, the highs are going to be minus 7, minus 8, which in a portable is a little dicey. And, you know, in a hard house, it's not so bad. But I'm going to lay low for a couple of days and, you know, see what the weather does. And I know we've got another storm coming in on Wednesday, which not very good timing. But, you know, once this weather turns around and we get back into the teens, then the bite's going to just start again. I mean, it's very predictable. So it might be three, four, five days, and it will turn around. And, you know, the good news, the snow cover now is providing, um, you know, a very cloudy, dark area under the ice. So walleyes are much more active when you've got that snow cover. There's no light penetration through the ice. And this is when the walleyes really get going when you have that snow cover. So, Looking forward to it. I just uh, want the weather to moderate a little bit. You know, give me 10, 11 degrees. You know, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, just the below zero stuff, the big wind chills, uh, no fun whatsoever. Well, Steve, always good to visit with you. We'll take next Saturday off. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, We'll visit with you. Uh, Plans are New Year's Eve, two weeks from today. Sounds great, Steve. You, You have a great Christmas as well. All right, there he is, Steve Carney. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com has been joining us for years here on the weekend, taking a bit of a breather as uh, uh, the, the weather moves out, things settle down a little bit. we got bitter cold on the way into these parts 
We'll come back. We'll talk about the greatest comeback in NFL history. It happened in downtown Minneapolis. We'll do that in a moment. Here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. You never know what you're going to see. That's what's wonderful about sports. No script. Uh, and you, you never know what you're going to see when you show up at the gym, the ballpark, the stadium. Well, the fans that showed up today or took time out of their Saturday to watch this saw the Indianapolis Colts thoroughly dominate a stumbling, bumbling Minnesota Vikings team And the Colts led 33-0 at halftime. In the third, the Vikings get a touchdown. Colts answer with a field goal, 36-7. Well, maybe you gave up. I was stuck in the studio and had it on. Might as well keep an eye on it anyway. Then the comeback began. And then you get into the fourth quarter and say, hey, this could be in play. Producer Jonathan Lowe said, well, if they get a stop and they get the ball back, And lo and behold, they get a touchdown. They get a two-point conversion. They tie the game. They get into overtime. And then Greg Joseph hits a 40-yarder to win it. They clinch the NFC North. And, uh, Jonathan, you mentioned it in our chat with Steve Carney, the largest comeback in NFL history, period. I want to make, if if I can, real quick, I want to make a couple points, a few points. First of all, that first half, I don't know with the circumstances, with the team they were facing, with the circumstances around the team they were facing. This wasn't Buff. Or I'm sorry, not Buffalo. This wasn't Philadelphia in Week Two in Philadelphia. This wasn't Dallas crushing the Vikings here at U.S. Bank Stadium. This was an Indianapolis Colts team that had fired their head coach plucked a guy basically off the street 
So, yeah, former NFL player. And a former but, NFL yeah. player, but no yeah. coaching experience in college or the pros. His only coaching experience was in high school. No no assistant, no coordinator, no nothing. They plucked him out of the studio and put him on the sideline and said, you're the head coach now. Because and, in reality, they're not trying to win. Right. The, the Colts but, at this point in time have, have no interest in winning football games. That's why Jeff Saturday got the job. But they're up 33 now. That might have been the worst half of football the Vikings have ever played in the, in, in the franchise's history. It was dreadful. When Kirk you Cousins, get a sloppy pick six. Yes. Um, on and on a, a and on. A blocked punt for a touchdown, return for a touchdown. You, whenever you were, they were down five possessions at the half. Five possessions. They had to score five times to get back to, to even. Whenever you hear that in the NFL, what what's the, 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 the stuff you hear on the top of that? You have to be perfect. You have to be perfect and have a perfect half to even get a sniff of a win. They weren't perfect in the second half. They the they they had another pick. They let the Colts score points. Yeah, but the and they but, still tied it and they still won it in overtime. The Vikings had nine possessions in the second half. Nine. That is unheard of. Even for the most, even for the fastest, the most up tempo of offenses, you never see nine possessions in a half. Well, and and here's the thing, Jonathan. It, it almost gets to the point as I was, you know, doing radio, watching the game unfold, that I kept getting the sense, and and I I sent out a tweet during one of the breaks. I said, it, it's like the Colts are trying to lose. That that I'm not saying that, but they played so poorly in the second half. It was almost a mirror image of what the Vikings did as a team in the first half. That's how comebacks happen. You have a team that plays lights out, another team that's horrible, 33-0 at the half. Flip the switch, the the Vikings, give them credit, came back. But the Colts, the coaching uh, was terrible. And one other sidebar, there there's some very poor officiating calls in this game. It was far from a work of art. And I, I would expect the NFL to come calling and talk to this officiating crew. There was a clear fumble scoop score for the Vikings that would have given them a chance to tie earlier than they did that for some reason wasn't called a soup, scoop score and then an unsportsmanlike dead ball penalty uh, for the player taking his helmet off. I, I thought that was a terribly bad call. Uh, it, it looked like it was a fumble. Even though he went to a knee, he picked up the ball, and in, in college you're down when you put knee down. But it doesn't look like he was touched. That should have been a touchdown for the Vikings on top of it. Yeah, you and I were talking about it when it happened, while, yeah. while and, and fortunately it happened while we were in a break, so you and I could talk back and forth about it. But that was, that was one of the most egregious bad calls I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Again... Like you said, this was not this was not college where a knee down means the play is over. 
He had picked it up. He did not look like he was touched by any of the, the offensive players, ran it back for a score, and then after the play was over, because remember, once you get in that end zone, play is over. It's dead. Then he took off his helmet, and he, he what you're not supposed to do, which caused a penalty. There was a similar situation that happened earlier this year, and I'm trying to it – was, it, was it was Atlanta – I think it was Atlanta, Carolina, um, in in Atlanta, and a similar thing happened. There was a there was a catch for a touchdown. Atlanta was going to win. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It was Carolina. Carolina had scored a touchdown, and they were going to get the extra point and go ahead by one. And the receiver, who I believe was DJ Moore, took off his helmet. And this was this was with it, with. Seven eight seconds to go. This was at the end. I'm sorry, no. This might have been at, at the gun, but he took his helmet off after they scored. They penalized them 15 yards on the extra point, and the kicker missed the extra point. Oh, yeah. And that's why I can't figure out. And th- there have been a number of people that I follow saying the same thing. It's kind of like, you know, should should the officials be forced to speak after a game like this where there's so many calls where it makes you wonder. Now, now there's certain judgment calls, but that particular play where it was clearly a fumble, the Viking player clearly picked it up, was not touched by an opposing team member, and took it all the way in for a touchdown. Unless, of course, and and we don't know this because obviously we were, we were doing other things, did the whistle blow the play dead? That's the That's only other thing I can think of. Issue. But but again, he. You would you think know what you I'm would... saying though that if he picked up the ball or recovered the ball and they ruled his knee down and they blow it dead, I believe there's nothing you can do at that point. No, that it's not reviewable at that point. Yeah. But the way it looked on TV, and again, like yeah, you said, exactly. we don't have the sound up, so we couldn't hear whether the whistle blew or not. It looked like there was a convoy, and they were still trying to get into the end zone. It wasn't quite the lollygagging, the the showboating uh, to get into the end zone, and then take you know get the, the get the end zone cam with all the guys you know dancing and whatnot. I thought it was still alive to the point where he was scoring a touchdown. I think if it if that whistle had blown, I don't think he takes his helmet off. I really don't. I think he's disciplined enough to know when the whistle's blown. Then that's it. Then then you get off the field. Um, th- yeah, this was just, this just crazy, memorable game, and the fact that the Vikings clinch. But this, in some ways, is this season in microcosm, yeah. where there are games they they didn't play well and found a way to win. Now the Vikings played pretty well for a couple of quarters. But the first two quarters of this game, they had no business winning this football game. No, none. absolutely not zero. It was like the it was like the end of that Lions game earlier this season. I continue to maintain this. They had no business winning that football game, and Dan Campbell and the Lions made enough mistakes, opened the door, and the Vikings took it. So in in a season where they are now a three to go, eleven and three, and division champs, you you can point now to two games for sure, the Detroit game and this game, they had 
no business winning this football game. You could also and point to did. the you could also point to the Buffalo game. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. You you so, I could you could expand this list to probably four or five. Well, there was a number in this game, and this is another point. They are now, after today, 10-0 and 0 in games decided by one score. That's 10 insane. And 0. That's insane. It is absolutely That's, insane. Well, and, oh, by the way, they were fortunate they were playing the Colts today. Yeah. Because the way they played in the first two quarters, there aren't too many other teams in the NFL that let the Minnesota Vikings get back into this football game. I'll say this, and I was saying this kind of half-heartedly last hour when, we, when you were talking about Kansas City and what what they're going to do uh, tomorrow, what, what I think they should do tomorrow. Even though Houston let up that lead to Dallas last week, I don't even know if Houston blows that lead today. Yeah. I don't think even Houston does that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's just uh, another chapter – in an improbable season of Viking victories. Rip. And and coming out of this, it's okay to bask in the glow of the division title and go 11-3. and three. We've clinched the NFC North. Uh, we, we can think about strategies to rest players going forward. You know, what, what do we do next week against the Giants on Christmas Eve? You know, what do we do on the road with, with Green Bay and Chicago looming three to go in the season? You know, what do you want to do to protect players, players that are nicked up, banged up? Uh, what, what is the injury situation? It gives the Vikings some flexibility, but it doesn't mask the fact that this is still an 11-3 football team with some major flaws, particularly defensively. They still gave up 36 to the Colts today. Yeah. They gave up 36 yeah. to the Colts, 33 in the first half. So, you know, while it feels good, it, it's still one of those where, wow. It's like, uh, a, it's like a sugar high. Right now yeah, it's a sugar for high. sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I want to say one quick thing before we go to break. U.S. Bank Stadium is six and a half years old. It's hosted a Super Bowl, a, a men's Final Four, the Minneapolis Miracle, and the largest comeback in NFL history. That's a hell of a short history for that stadium. Well, and and don't forget a very memorable prep poll this fall with some fantastic high school championship games. So there, there's that as well. But, yeah, point well taken, Jonathan. By the way, uh, if you've got a thought, we're going to talk more about this. We're going to sprinkle it in throughout the afternoon. Uh Quite a comeback win. The largest comeback in NFL history. The Vikings beat the Colts 39-36. They clinched the NFC North. From our city's one plumbing talk and text line, I like this. Not only did they complete the greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League, they beat a coach who was named after the day the game was played. Also an NFL first. They beat Saturday on Saturday. <laughs> Love that. That's fantastic. I that's that's great credit. That's great. Yeah, great, great text on the city's one plumbing talk and text line. Uh six five one four six one nine two two six. We'll talk a little wild. Uh Sarah McClellan scheduled to join us from the Star Tribune. Little did we know this would be a four hour football game on this Saturday afternoon. And uh, once again, we'll circle back around to the city's one plumbing talk and text line. We'll have the weather momentarily 
here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Quite a comeback for the Vikings over the Colts. Not just a comeback, the comeback in NFL history. Down 33 rip in the third. They're down 33-0 at the half. At one point trailed 36-7. Come back to win it in overtime. 39-36 and clinch the NFC North. Yes, a flawed team. But in close games, in one-score games, unbeaten. This year, it has been it has been a season for the books, uh, for sure, and and we'll have more on that a little later on. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Wild are on an upswing. Uh, they have the day off coming off win over Chicago, and Sarah McClellan covers Wild for the Star Tribune online at StarTribune.com. Sarah, I hope you're doing well. I am. How about you, Steve? Yeah, good. Uh, trying to catch my breath after doing radio and keeping an eye on that wild Viking game today and that win over the Colts today. Yeah, maybe that'll set the tone for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. With the wild in action tomorrow. Yeah, uh, quite, quite a win for the Vikings. Uh, the wild, after a tough start to the trip to the old Northwest Division, Calgary and Edmonton didn't play particularly well. Uh, got right in a win over the Vancouver Canucks, and now they're on an upswing. And I know this term is used a lot in sports, but this wild season has been a real roller coaster ride. And right now they're they're on an upswing and, and playing pretty well as they beat the Hawks four to one last night. It has been very up and down, and you're right. They're they're obviously on a climb right now. Um, this is their second four game win streak of late, which is tied for the longest of the season. Uh, it's come mostly, obviously, at home. It started with a 3 nothing shutout at Vancouver a week ago. Um, so to split that four-game road trip, end up 500 and come home, and really kind of take care of business and make XL Energy Center a tough place to play again because, obviously, this was where the team's early season struggles started. It kind of took a while, I think, for, for that home record to turn around. Um, just like you said, through the ups and downs of the, of the season, even though the Wild, you know, is coming off the, the most successful season in franchise history, and there are a lot of players from that team still on this season's team, it's still a different team. And I think there was just, you know, probably that process of figuring out a new identity, what worked for this team, and we're seeing it now as more wins have piled up. You know, last season's recipe was, you know, score a lot of goals, a lot of comebacks, a lot of late comebacks. It was kind of pull the goalie, come from behind and, and win, um, even if it took overtime or a shootout. This season, the team has really thrived in the low scoring, tight checking, a 2-1, 3-2 um, type of game. And, and so it's different. But obviously, it can still be effective, and I think the more they've stuck to that type of game plan, we've obviously seen them pick up more results that add up in the win column. 
And you uh, did a piece ahead of the game on Friday against the Blackhawks that appeared in the Star Tribune, and and that was the move to bring in Ryan Reeves. And and you you, you did a look at Reeves and his game and his, his impact on the Wild and what it will have going forward. Yeah, that was obviously an acquisition that happened um, in November. And I think, you know, at that time, you know, the Wild was still, I think, you know, kind of very much in that kind of up-and-down phase. And I think the team looked at his acquisition, obviously a veteran in this league who plays that gritty style as someone who could obviously come in and bring size to the lineup, but just a spark and kind of that, that spunk. And I think that was something that, you know, has evolved from last season is, you know, with the way the wild was winning, you know, so many games and come from behind fashion and scoring a lot of goals that maybe they just needed that boost, that energy um, with, you know, how this season has obviously gotten off to a rougher start. So he's come in. It's obviously coincided with their best stretches of the season. And I think he's just kind of reinforced, obviously, as, as a rugged player with that style of physical, um, you know, player who finishes his checks is that's the way that this team wants to play, that hard-nosed, gritty kind of sandpaper style. And I think he's helped reinforce that. And it's not just hits. Obviously, there are other ways to to play tough, and I think it's essentially be tough to play against, you know, applying pressure, not giving teams a lot of time and space, making them aware of who on the wild is on the ice and and how they're going to defend and pressure and obviously play offense. So I think he's just kind of come in and tried, um, you know, to obviously stay true to his style, but obviously a style that can reinforce and support the way the wild ultimately wants to play. Sarah McClellan joining us, and she covers the Wild for the Star Tribune online at startribune.com and joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. And they have a nice opportunity on home ice in a matinee on Sunday uh, when they play the Ottawa Senators. And the Senators are, are a club that ideally you beat on your, your home ice and move on. This is actually going to be another game where I think three in a row now where the Wild has caught a team coming off a back-to-back. And so it's kind of a little quirk in the schedule. And, you know, maybe teams are supposed to take advantage of that, especially a team like Ottawa that you said that for the past few years has been rebuilding. Um, But we'll see if it shows up. It was an afternoon game for the Senators. They actually won in Detroit. Um, so they, they're kind of on the upswing as well. That was their fourth straight win. Their special teams really delivered in the win against Detroit earlier this afternoon. So uh, it is obviously, though, a very clear opportunity to sweep this four-game homestand and really take some momentum into what on paper, like you say, maybe looks like another couple of very winnable games out west, a two-game road trip at Anaheim and San Jose before the league breaks for the holidays. And, you know, if that's the case, if the Wild can continue this run, it obviously continues to separate and distance themselves from that early season woeful start and really kind of, I think, give more reinforcement to how this team has to play. And I think the more repetition they get in playing the way they need to to have success, it's probably going to be a lot easier to stick to that style. And it's it's such a great point, too, with the, the way the schedule sets up. Get home for the holidays, get a bit of a breather, and then get set up for a huge showdown with the division rival and, you know, could could argue uh, one of the top two or three rivals uh, the Wild have in the Winnipeg Jets, and they're playing great hockey, and that that's on 
the, the 27th out of the holidays. So uh, the, the Wild have a chance to be in a really good spot when they play the Jets. That's a really great point that it's going to be a very division-heavy schedule for the Wild after the break. It's Winnipeg, it's Dallas, it's St. Louis. And these are the teams that essentially are going to be jostling for playoff seeding with the Wild. You know, there's two ways, obviously, to make the playoffs. It's finish top three in your division or win one of two wild card bursts in the conference. And so, you know, the more division points and points in general that they can pry away from another team that they're competing with directly for a playoff spot, obviously the better it makes their pursuit to make the playoffs. So I, you're right. I think those, those three games, especially starting with Winnipeg, which obviously earlier this season, the Wilds routed Winnipeg, a very commanding victory. Um, that was kind of, I think, part of when they were really finding their game of late. Um, but that could set the tone for, you know, then to play Dallas, which was obviously another team that the Wild defeated earlier this season. But they blew a four-goal lead in the third period to Dallas um, and obviously needed a shootout to prevail. And then St. Louis, obviously, where we know the history between those two rivals. It's just heavy hockey, gritty hockey. And when the Wild's been at their best, that's the way that they've been able to play. All right, uh, Sarah, before we let you go, uh, any news on the injury front going into the matinee with the Senators tomorrow at 1 o'clock? Yeah, Ryan Hartman is scheduled to return tomorrow against Ottawa. He's been out for 21 games. He was injured at the end of October uh, in Chicago, uh, October 30th, the end of the month there. He detailed today and described that um, he was hurt. Obviously, he had a fight with the Blackhawks. Jared Tenorti, um, that he got punched on the top of the shoulder as his arm was fully extended. So he's been on the mend. Um, It was something that didn't require surgery. He's healed up, and he feels 100% ready to go. And so that's obviously a a big acquisition back in the lineup, someone who's been out for quite a bit of time, but obviously Hartman's coming off a career-best year. Um, So he's expected to, to line up alongside Frederick Boudreau and Matt Boldy. Brandon Duhame, however, is still out. He's out with an upper body injury, and he's not going to make the next road trip, so he's obviously still on the mend. But obviously getting Hartman back, it's one step closer for the Wild to getting back to full strength. All right. Well, Sarah, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Take care, Steve. All right, Sarah McClellan joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Wild on a roll, they get the – Ottawa Senators tomorrow, a matinee. Kids uh, get out, uh, catch a game, 1 o'clock start. That's nice. I mean, it's 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 tough on school nights, uh, so th- th- that is good. Hopefully a lot of kids in the building at the Axel Energy Center tomorrow afternoon. Timberwolves in action tomorrow night. We'll get into that in more detail a little later on. Twins made a move. A lot of money being spent. Scott Miller will join us from Southern California, get his thoughts on the free agent frenzy around the major leagues at about 535. When we come back, more about that epic Viking comeback to clinch the division. They take down the Colts after trailing 33-0. Still can't believe it. We'll do more on that in a moment here at News Talk, A3O-WCCO. It was 33-0 at the half. Colts, Vikings roar back, get it to overtime, win 39-36. The largest comeback in NFL history. Shaletta Brundage on the air. Uh, she joins Chad Hartman during the week. Saturday is 0-11-2. I was on with Shaletta earlier. She asked me, what do they need to do to come back? And I said, they got no hope. 
Uh, they they <laughs> are coming that. back. Shaletta. You, you said that. You, you said knew that, something. Steve. I knew something. I told Jonathan. I said, you know, I'm looking in the faces of the crowd. I'm looking at the team. They look upset. They look dejected. They look like they have given up. But I'm praying for the win. Come over. I told Jonathan you can you can run the playback. I told Jonathan I'm I'm praying for a win. I'm telling you, you know Jesus loves me special. Anytime I pray for something, I get it. I pray for a dang RV and it showed up at the house. Surely he could let the Vikings win. And here they come, Steve. Pulling it off. Pulling it I, off, Steve. I, I should have known better. When you asked me that question, I said, no, nah, let's take a look at the Giants and the Packers and the Bears. You went on the next week. You yeah. went on to the week yeah, after. Oh, I moved you on. You projecting future. T- <laughs> you had just given up on this game. You turned the TV off and started dusting. I said, I said what can they do? What? Oh, Shaletta is over. I, we got to run the playback on that one, Steve. <laughs> Never doubt Shaletta. Never doubt Shaletta. And and oh. like I say, you brought it up, and at first I was like, "You got to be kidding me! This isn't going to happen. Come back like this has never happened in the history of the NFL." Now, Jonathan, jump in here. You had to admit that you you were in the same boat with me. No way they come back and win this game. So Shaletta and I were talking about this <laughs> when it was twenty three nothing, and and she asked, "Are they out of it?" And I said, "No, they're not out of it." But this was early in the second quarter. They needed yeah. to get something going and get the offense going and get a score. I said that with 10 minutes to go in the first half. This didn't happen until after <laughs> halftime. Yeah. This does not happen. This is why this is a historical event in the history of the okay. NFL. This doesn't and happen. Let me just tell you, you are talking to a young lady who sat with her father and watched the Buffalo Bills come back and beat the Houston Oilers. So I know what's possible. You're also talking to a young lady who sat with her father and watched the Houston Rockets beat the L.A. Lakers with .3 seconds left in the game to play the Boston Celtics. In 1986. NBA championship. Yes. So please, I'm sorry. I've seen miracles happen in sports, and so I never count a team out. Okay? I just just never do it. Well, Shaletta, good for you. All the congrats before we run out of time. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, Safe travels. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks. And Merry Christmas to you and your bride and your beautiful daughters. And you too, Jonathan. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Yes, that, good on Hanukkah. Don't forget Kwanzaa, folks. Don't forget Kwanzaa. Shaletta uh, Brundage on the air Saturdays between 11 and 2. Uh, sits in with Chad Hartman from time to time. Always entertaining on the Noon to 3 show here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. She didn't give up. Maybe maybe I did. Maybe you did. Shaletta didn't give up. We have all the news, all the weather at 5 here on CCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.